It is time for the Crime Report. Ladies and gentlemen, sponsored by the Crime Stoppers, Suffolk County, 1-800-220-TIPS, 220-8477. That's where all calls uh, are kept confidential and uh, rewards sometimes issued for information that will lead to an arrest. Joe Jacklin, of course, uh, retired Sergeant NYPD, former commanding officer of the Bronx Cold Case Squad, current adjunct professor at John Jay College. <coughs> And uh, an author of the Criminal Investigative Function of Guy Venue of Investigators, fourth edition in play. And, of course, uh, Joe, highly decorated member in the day of the NYPD, including the uh, most notable Department Medal of Valor in the aforementioned Joe Jacklone. Sarge, how are you? Everything all right? Good morning, Jay. How are you? Good. All is good. Getting ready for the uh, holidays and everything else. Um, you know, I guess we'll start with Idaho because... You know, I actually thought, I think a lot of people did, you know, that uh, that white uh, Hyundai Elantra that was focused upon, then they found it, I think, in the state of Oregon, and then they kind of said, you know what, a woman uh, had nothing to do, I guess, with the owner of the car, had nothing to do uh, with anything in Idaho as far as these murders are concerned. So when we all thought that that would kind of unravel things as far as the mystery, uh, it really hasn't. And you wonder... As we embark on six weeks now, uh, after these murders, these murders were committed, I think, on November the 13th, you wonder where we are with this investigation regarding state police, the FBI, and the local authorities in Moscow, Idaho, Joe. Uh, what are you feeling this morning regarding this stuff? Well, just to, with the Elantra, right? So we would know that that car was involved or not, because anybody who who committed that act would have brought in all kinds of evidence with him into that car. So, I mean, they would have been able, easily able to sample the car, the carpet fibers, you know, looking for blood, even if somebody uh, tried to clean it up. I mean, I know there was a homeless guy sleeping in it when they found the car, but listen, they would have been able to discover that pretty much. So that's how they could discount that vehicle right away. A lot of people say, well, how could they discount that right away? Well, that's that's the one thing that they, they, they can look at. Second thing is, you know, as we're going into week six of this, I know everybody is, uh, you know, hoping or pushing for an arrest. Now, these things take time. Remember, I mean, if they're going through DNA and looking for exemplars, that takes a long time to do. And you have to be patient. And, and unfortunately, the true crime community has been really pushing, uh, you know, what, what's been going on and, and what's happening. And it's not, it's not really healthy for the investigation. They have a small department, right? But it is backed up by the state police and the FBI. Now, the FBI has added, I think it's the number is 20 agents now to the case. So, in a good sign, they're not pulling people back, right? Because if they're pulling people back, that's a, that is a bad sign. But they're adding people. But the, the issue that they're adding is that they've gotten 10,000 tips on this thing. And the guys, you know, from all over the country, which means true crime community people, you know, filling up these uh the tip lines with things with probably much not much of value and the police have to you know vet these things out they have to they got to hunt some of these things down to make sure that they what what they are if or or they're not involved so it is going to be extremely time consuming and i think you know everybody needs to still be patient and and go on there's a lot of people working on this case still and you know you also got to figure that there was a lot 
under the radar right now as far as this investigation. You know, one is not going to show their their cards, so to speak. You know, you got to figure with the agencies uh, around the country working with local police here. I mean, they, they're probably trying to decipher a couple of things that the public is just not aware of, right? But I was saying... Just regarding uh, these Idaho murders in this particular case, I mean, there's always going to be a lot of information the public's not going to hear about. You know that you have the FBI, you have the state agencies working on this stuff, uh, besides the local departments, uh, and they're not going to reveal their hands. You know, they're, they're, they're not going to show the cards, so to speak. There's always, in every investigation, right, this is what goes under the, under the radar somewhat, right? Right. <clears throat> Listen, they, they always withhold information, and they should. Now, in the beginning, they made a couple of mistakes. The chief talked a little bit too much. The the coroner definitely spoke too much, and so did the prosecutor. And if you notice, over the last few weeks, they've been uh, absent, both the coroner and the prosecutor. They've been absent from doing interviews and stuff like that, uh, just because they were saying things that just shouldn't have been said, and that created a lot of problems with the family. The family has gotten a lawyer now. They've gotten involved. I mean, if you think about the immense pressure that's being put on this case, we don't want to see anybody make mistakes because of the pressure that they're under so that they, you know, and I'm not trying to make an excuse, but this is, you know, this might be the largest case that we've seen so far that really the true crime community has really taken a hold of and really has have pushed the narrative. Question about it. So, you know, kind of wait and see approach. You hope you get a break and everything else. And listen, I still think they're going to, they're going to find uh, this out sooner than later. I really do. I think it's, I think it's going to happen sooner. A lot, a lot of the interviews I've seen, a lot of the experts that I've heard, uh, you know, kind of feel the same way that you know we we should have something soon. But again, you gotta you gotta let it play out. I know it's it's frustrating. But I can't even imagine family members and everything else. The frustrations that are all involved here. So uh, we'll see. Joe Jacklow in the crime report. Joe, let's go to uh, the Patchogue Medford uh, situation, the high school uh, regarding bullets that were found in. Uh, I guess it was a foil packet last. Friday, Joe, with 19 bullets found in one of the vestibule entrances uh, to the high school. The parents were only alerted Sunday of what was going on. The superintendent came out earlier in the week stating uh, that, uh, you know, they may have identified a person of interest. I don't think they have uh, corralled that individual yet. Maybe they have. We haven't heard about it yet. Uh, But all in all, uh, if you're a parent here, and, you know, they went to a remote learning situation yesterday... You know, you got to be someone on the edge with all that's been going on. Oh. So, uh, you certainly, you know, certainly this is do. nothing I new. Mean, We've seen this before, but when it happens locally, you know, you kind of feel it. What do you get a sense of here? Yeah, no, I mean, I think they're they're, they're doing the right thing in regarding going to remote learning, especially with the with the holiday break coming up, gives them a little bit more opportunity to you know conduct their investigation to to determine exactly who is responsible. I mean, I'm sure there's video cameras within the school. And they probably have a general idea who who this person is, or they just want to make sure that they, they have the right person. Uh, yes, I mean, it is something that you could definitely send chills down every parent's back, and it is something, like you said, when it, when it happens on Long Island, you know, you kind of like to say, oh, these things don't happen anywhere. You know, they're not happening. Well, listen, I mean, it could unfortunately happen everywhere, and, and I think they might have even had a social media threat on this, too, if I recall. So... You couple that right with the, the social media stuff that they're 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 out, they are culling these things for information, which I think is great because we've seen this before in the past where people have telegraphed their moves ahead of time on social media. So 
I, I think right now the the authorities are are handling this the, the right way. I think uh, by shutting down the school and like I said, doing that, I think that's that's the way to go. No question. Uh, must have a full full investigation here and figure this out. Uh, Joe Jack on the crime report early in the week. Uh, Joe, you had a 17-year-old student out of Uniondale High School was stabbed multiple times around the school property. This happened Monday uh, by a former student, a 15-year-old, under arrest. Uh, the victim uh, is expected to survive. He was moved from intensive care. He is expected uh, to survive. Apparently, uh, the suspect arrived on a bicycle. The victim was waiting with a group of students uh, to board the school bus and whatnot, and then everything ensued. The kid was knocked off his bike. Teams began to fight. The older team was stabbed in the neck, the back, the stomach, I believe, as well. But uh, yep. all in all, very tough situation as far as what happened there in Uniondale. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm sure we're going to learn more about this attack, you know, as the investigation moves forward and as we hear things as specifically with, with uh, you know, court dates coming up about what the nexus was behind this kind of uh, attack. Uh, we can all speculate all day long what, what things can happen, and we've seen what happens with speculation, right? We were just talking about Idaho, so we always they need to just make sure that we just wait to see what the facts come out. But, you know, uh, once again, we have to look at, you know, the school security that, you know, where were they? Were there any police on campus? Do we have any of these school resource officers? All these things have to be looked at. I know a lot of people fight these things, but you know what? And maybe if we had, uh, you know, and I'm not saying they don't, because I don't know for sure what Dale has, but you know, it, it might behoove uh, people to think about making sure that uh, we, we they have a, a security guard or a school resource officer there. It's becoming a little too common, unfortunately. You go back to the Tyler Flack deal in Oceanside with Kasim Morris and uh, an after-school brawl there. Uh, you go back to this type of deal. Uh, you go back to what's going on at Patrick Medford. Uh, there was a guy uh, who pled guilty back in October to shoot an unarmed male victim. It was outside, I think it was Wyandanch, Joe, last year. He got a sentence, by the way, of eight years in prison early in the week. Uh, you know, there's been too many incidents. And I think schools, they must, you know, they must put in their budgets as far as security is concerned. They have to amp it up a little bit. There's way too many incidents like this. Uh, it's going to ease a lot of tensions, parents, and everything else. The mindset, I think it has to be in play, though. Well, sure, and it also could avoid something bigger happening, too. So, uh, listen, they, they are a deterrent, and they get to know the kids. They can, might be able to keep things under wraps, so to speak, when things start to boil over. So, I, you know, I, they have to definitely be explored and, and find out exactly if they have any, if maybe they need more, or um, if they don't have any, maybe they need to hire a couple. Question, Joe Jacqueline, the crime report. There was a, a report earlier in the week, the Subway shootout of Brooklyn, uh, Joe Frank James, uh, will be pleading uh, guilty to his crimes, the shooting of 10 individuals and whatnot way back in April. I don't think there's any big surprise there, right? No, I mean, they, listen, the feds took this case over, so, I mean, he's looking at uh, a very long time anyway. Uh, so a, a long time. There was another incident regarding a teenager uh, you know, you got a lot of theft. We talked about the catalytic converters. A lot of people in the department stores this time of the year. I was reading a, a story where a teen out of Brooklyn uh, is charged with stealing more than $23,000 worth of items from three department stores in Nassau County. This was over a month-long spree, but uh, police got their guy, an 18-year-old Mackie Davis, six-month investigation. 
uh, grand larceny and beyond. But, you know, you're looking at from different stores and whatnot. Uh, you know, listen, I mean, that, that is a lot, a lot of merchandise to be stolen, but they got this guy. Yeah, no, but you have to look at the fact that, you know, there is no more deterrence in doing any of these things anymore. So, I mean, you have to really start scratching your head and finding out what Albany is up to. You really do. You know what they're up to, uh, Joe? They're up to giving themselves a raise, and why not? I mean, everything is is, uh, is hunky-dory up there, right? You know, I mean, they've, they've solved nice crime with bail. They've, they've cut taxes. Uh, they're luring people back into the state. You know, they've, they've got the children's Tylenol back on the shelves, baby formula and everything else. They've fixed the charter schools. I mean, you know how productive they've been. Why not give themselves a little bit of a boost, about 32 Gs, as far as salary is concerned, my friend, right? they got everything flowing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It must be nice to be able to vote yourself a race. I would have loved <laughs> to have been able to do that. <laughs> oh, my goodness, I'm telling you. It is uh, it is a crazy time of the year. I think we all need a break, you know. <laughs> I think we all need a break. I think so. Uh, but in any event, the beat goes on. Are you confident? What do you expect over as we turn the page into 23? You know, we got so much going on here. You know, the big city seems to be under siege and whatnot with so many different areas. You got the mayor crying out for help left and right as far as the criminal activity, the migrants, and whatnot, just overwhelming right now. I mean, what do you see for, for 2023, you know, to well, kind of offset uh, we, some of this stuff, if anything? Well, well, let's just to the city quick, right? So we've seen now a drop in crime in the last uh, six weeks in a row. Uh, the surge is working in transit, too. There, It's been down six weeks in a row. Shootings are down for the year, murders are down for the year, and people say, oh, you know, it's, it's because of this, that, and the other thing. No, yeah, people forgot that the mayor brought back the plain clothes teams and your arrests are at an all-time high and everything else that's going on. So that's the thing. Policing is what matters. I, you know, all these little, um, you know, untested things that they want to do, whatever. At the end of the day, policing is what is going to save it. Um, we want to be able to, you know, every oh, the reform or this, the abuses of this. Listen, if you have people that are dying and being maimed and shot every year, you have to do something now to fix it. If you want to try your projects later on down the road where you can build them up, I don't have a problem with that. But at the point is, you need to be able to fix what you have, and you need to do that immediately. And I still like this, like what I'm seeing both in Nassau and Suffolk, specifically Suffolk. I think they got some uh, great leadership out there, and I think we're going to see improvements on that front. But, you know, listen, crime is up so much, specifically in the city, that I don't think they can uh, – I think they can, they're going to have a good year just for that reason. So – they're up 25% for the year. So if we're not down next year, that's going to be a major problem. So I, that's that's the thing you have to look for. You, you look at how the island is governed, okay, and you look at the DAs, you got confident in Ray Tanney and Ann Donnelly. You got confident in the commissioner who's done a great job in NASA, that Patrick Ryder. He's something else. And the same thing with Ronnie Harrison. And you, you just look as far as the leadership in enforcement – uh, you know, it means a lot. It really does. And you feel confident when you have a guy like Ray Tanney in Suffolk County. He's going to prosecute cases the right way. And he has. Yeah. He's done a heck of a job. See, that's the difference. When you have somebody in that role who will keep the bad guys, or at least try to, locked up, you see. Because one of the biggest problems within the confines of the city is, you know, you just can't, based on what's going on with these laws. You know, where a judge doesn't have any discretion and whatnot. 
you know, as far as the discretionary powers are concerned. But you feel confident that Taney's going to do his best, and he has, and Donnelly's done a great job in Nassau as well. So that means a lot as far as leadership yes, is concerned does. in those areas. Right, Joe? So. Yeah. I like what I see going on, you know, on Long Island right now. Uh, the city, not so much. But, um, listen, Albany's going to have to come to the table sooner or later because the evidence is, is overwhelming that this is not working. Joe Jacklow on the Crime Report, Crime Stoppers, Suffolk County. Uh, Joe, great holiday. You and Marie, we'll talk again next Friday, my friend.